episode 403, Global From Asia, Branding and Packaging. Let's tune in. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now, your host, Michael Michelini. Thank you all for tuning to, choosing to listen to or watch GlobalFromAsia.com. Today's slash packaging, and we're talking about branding and packaging. Kitty Lai, great expert and very generous with her information and knowledge, is we have this discussion about you know branding in general, and then of course within e-commerce and packaging. And I take out some of my my own brand's packaging on the show if you're watching, but we describe it for the audio listeners too. Also, it's just been exciting. My father-in-law just just left here in Chiang Mai, back to China, and it's cooling off here into the summer. But lots happening after the show. If you're interested, we'll talk about some happening with the cross-border summits. We'll talk about some some other experiences about packaging. We're doing some repackaging in the U.S. So if you want to hear that after the interview, let's tune in to Kitty now. All right, we have Tommy, the sales manager at Cross Better Logistics. How are you, Tommy? Hi, everyone. We just got to meet here in Shenzhen, China. It's great. Uh, they support the show at Global From Asia, and we also use them ourselves for many of our brands and e-commerce businesses. And Tommy really cares. They always are uh, trying to help us save money. You know, not you have some products you keep for us in China. You have some products you keep for us in the U.S. warehouse, and uh, I really appreciate that. And you'll, you can talk to this seller, right? You can give them your advice. You work with many Chinese sellers a lot, right? And uh, you can help um, help the sellers understand more. Yeah, we are very professional for the shipment to USA and Canada. Also, we have warehouse in USA and Canada. We can help our uh, factories, suppliers, sellers for the shipment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. For yes. the e-commerce business. Yep, and you even keep stuff uh, in China too. So sometimes if you have the limitations of uh, sending too much to Amazon, you can keep it here in China with with uh, Cross Better, or you can send, of course, to the U.S. warehouse. They have many different options, and they're always trying their best to find uh, find out what's the best solution for you. So yeah. definitely talk to Tommy, talk to Cross Better, and thank you for your uh, support of the community. Yes, we have good pricing and better service. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you all for choosing to listen to another Global From Asia podcast. We have a great one with Kitty Lai. We've been chatting a bit, preparing for the show. And you're in, is it in the UK, in London? Am I correct? Or I just moved from London, but I am in the UK. So I've moved back down to my hometown in West Sussex, sunny coast. Sunny coast. Sounds nice. I've only... I've only been to London, Heathrow, and then I was in St. James Park, right across. It was another life for me. It was when I worked on Wall Street, I went there for corporate training for a month. But anyway, a little sidetrack. I know it's, it's, but it's a really pleasure to have you on. So you're, you're the founder at Me Brand. You're doing branding and helping with creating audience, you know, captivating audiences with branding and design services. And we've connected through common common friends, and I've you know you've been on a lot of great podcasts that I respect. And today, you know, we're going to talk about I don't know if it's, I think it's a great topic like packaging and for e-commerce. And uh, but before we get into it, maybe a little bit of your your background, Kitty, for those uh, want to know more. 
Yeah, so I've trained as a graphic designer back in the day, yeah. uh, but I've always, loved, I've always loved packaging and design, and it's always what I've wanted to do. So I, I did a degree in brand communication. And I came out into London in the late 90s and joined a design agency. And I loved it. I just designing logos, working on projects, branding. And that was a time when actually websites were just sort of coming aboard yeah. in, in the UK. And so everyone was starting to have an email address. It's just oh, crazy yeah. times. And everyone was starting to design websites. So that's my first sort of step into sort of the website arena. But then a couple of, a year down the line, a job came for Ted Baker. As, and I joined as a junior designer there. I worked my way up. So if you don't know Ted Baker, it's a global retail company. I've opened stores around Asia, US, globally, and Europe as well. And I worked my way up as a, a graphic designer. And then I managed a team of eight designers by the time I left in after 10 years. And I loved it. And I worked through everything from packaging design, the labeling, the, the working with printers. So I know the whole process actually from shipping, working all the different departments in the wholesale, the merchandise team, the, the marketing team was my main thing working within then and open, you know, designing the, the window designs, the point of sale in stores, everything that had the label, well, the, the brand Ted Baker one would come through me. So I would have to sign everything off from a zip pull to a button that has the logo branding on because I had to sort of be the brand guardian for Ted Baker and make sure that the brand was correct. You know, often people have a branding and it and then suppliers change it slightly. But but yeah, so my, my background is in Ted Baker. Then I worked then I worked for TK Maxx, TJ Maxx in America uh, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, I worked for them for 10 months actually. And then I had another job for another brand, a UK brand called Kath Kidston. So that was a very female polka dots and florals, a very vintage nostalgic brand. And I worked, I sort of expanded their packaging design team because they needed a packaging designer. So I rebranded everything as soon as I joined because nothing was consistent. And then after doing everything I'm doing for the full 15, 16 years, I was looking for something new actually. And then I was made redundant, had a child and I joined, I joined this academy of this mastermind for learning to sell FBA. Oh. So oh. I, I started, I, I was learning something new and that was what I loved is knowing the process. And I thought, I know this, I can do this. So I actually launched a brand as well, a baby brand in 2017, but that's really where it, my foot got into the door with the actual e-commerce Amazon world as well, but also creating my company, a design and branding company as well, because people kept coming to me for designs and branding for, well, I, I kind of lost the love for it, but then I, 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 I fell back in love with it again. So I've been doing that for the last, I guess, six, seven years now. So here I am and I'm helping other sellers. I like, yeah. I took a couple of notes, brand guardian. That's the first time I heard, I think of. I think of like brand manager and maybe it's a different guardian. Maybe it's a similar, is that the similar word? I, I like guardian. Yeah, though. I was a brand manager. Yes. But the guardian is you, you look after everything. So you, you, you breathe the culture of the brand as well. So anything, you know, from how you would speak about the brand when you're out seeing people, how it's represented visually and just being the brand and representing the brand as well. And being the guardian is making sure that's not right. You know, there's a fake Ted Baker. I can tell that, I, you know, I'm going to do something about it. You know, you, you, you treasure it and you make sure that you guard it. Like, you know, like it's your baby. So, Got it. I like that. I, I like that one. First time for me to hear it. 
Um, so my question is, you know, you seem you have a lot of experience both in traditional retail as well as you said towards, you know, recently e-commerce. For you know, I, my first question is like starting a new brand. Maybe maybe even more generally, is the process similar or the same as for online e-commerce versus like traditional? Maybe it's the same. Maybe it's not. I wonder if you think there's any differences in starting a brand or positioning a brand from e- yeah, e-commerce absolutely. or normal. It's absolutely the same. It is absolutely same. Creating a brand. Yeah, it's the same process. You have to, you know, well, if you're positioning a brand, then the considerations you need to make is actually researching your competition. So actually, where would your brand sit in the market? Look at similarities with certain brands. Are you a luxury brand? Are you a mid-range kind of, or are you a budget brand? And you need to see where you're going to sit with these brands. And are you similar or what? How can you stand out from them as well? So positioning is fine. I'm, I'm, you might think I'm on par with this brand and that brand. Yeah, that's fine. The price point is about the same. But what makes you unique? You know, because you don't want to be the same as everybody else. You might have a similar product, but it's about uniqueness. It's about the feature, and it's how you're going to stand out. So the brand really counts as well when you start designing the, the logo, the brand, the mission, the, the personality as well behind it. Okay. No, I like that for sure, and. You know, we're going to talk about, at least I think I'd like to focus on packaging today because I feel like I actually, literally, I was almost afraid I'd be back a little bit late today, but here in Thailand, I mentioned, and I went to meet a new factory for a new product line. And, you know, I said to the factory, because their packaging wasn't that great, even for retail stores in the US and in, in Europe, they manufacture OEM. And I said, they never sell to Amazon. So I said, you know, packaging really matters because it's part of the picture of the product yeah. in the listing. So, you know, they do dried, dried flowers, dried, dried, mm. dried grass and things like that. So, so they, their packaging was more basic, like maybe, but I felt like maybe because it's in stores, they just see the actual end product at the shelf and then they just take the product. Whereas on the e-commerce I always like that main picture to try to have the package because I can stand out more in the picture versus just the product itself. I try to use the the product packaging, but before we, you know, or maybe after, I mean, when, when, what are some of the big mistakes people, people make? You know, it seems like you work with e-commerce sellers and traditional people, they keep coming to you. So I'm sure, are they coming at the beginning, in the middle, at the end, or, you know, what, what are... Or does it, sometimes I tell people just to get started, right? Like, you know, maybe they don't have somebody they know like you or they don't have, or should they do it right from the beginning? You know, maybe that's a, that's another Uh, point. Yeah. So I have different types of clients. So there are ones that actually know nothing about branding and starting literally from scratch. There are, like you said, people have already started middle they already have a logo. They don't have a brand though. (laughs) And then there's people that already have and they want to expand it and go further. So I would say, you know, the mistakes and pitfalls that a lot of owners do, brand owners do have is rushing. They rush it and create a brand. So if you're starting from scratch, you think, oh, I've got to get it to market, especially Amazon sellers. You think, oh, I need, I want to be the first one to get it out there and let's just rush it and let's get it done. And then you kind of, after you're done and you sell and, and it's been 18 months and it's like, oh, actually I need to go back. And then I think it's going back to, 
creating, recreating a brand because you now want to expand the line and you want to have new products in and it's like, oh, but that name doesn't fit the product that I have. And often I have clients that have got a name that fits really well with a particular product and then they want to go into a different category and it's mm. like, well, no, you can't, you have to rebrand. So rushing and creating a brand from scratch, you know, not doing it properly is, is a headache because you're going to sort of use more time, probably more resources and probably more money as well. Doing it yourself is another thing and do, making all the decisions yourself without going to a professional and asking for advice, getting someone to actually do the logo, because I know a lot of owners go to Canva or they go to maybe Fiverr, but sometimes they like to design it themselves and they think, oh, I'll do it this. And I've had a, a recent client and I designed a beautiful logo for her quite a few options as well so it confused her a little bit but that there were all of them would work with the brand that i created for her because we created from she had already had a brand i'm rebranding for her but then she liked these colors oh i want to do that and it but i've already set a color palette mm -hmm. <laughs> and then she tried to switch colors around and it's like oh you know you it works but not you know i would have done it in a way that it would work best but you know when an owner gets involved too much it's like then it's picking apart what you've paid a professional to do so i wouldn't recommend that i would trust the professionals to do to, to deliver what you paid for and then i guess the other thing is that owners generally think that the logo is the brand and that's it and i think that's all i need and it's not and they get stuck it's like oh how do i grow a brand you know what is the you, you have to have a tone of voice and personality and create all these things about the brand and the brand is the experience it's not a logo. So it's all the other elements. How do you talk to your audience? What is the customer service like? That's all part of your brand. So, you know, those are the things that, you know, brand owners need to sort of really understand. It's not just the logo. It's not rushing. It's not being the first to get into market, but it is about being unique and having a good experience for your customers. Yeah, no, that's all amazing. I mean, I got a couple, couple of notes on this, but I do agree, you know, working with the the owner or a client or they have, you know, of course it's their baby, right? So, <clears throat> so, but they get too, too much micromanage is almost another way of saying are too involved or change after you've already kind of set the tone and the pattern and the colors. But yeah, I would agree with that one for sure. But, you know, I guess it's they're like, you know, they're very passionate about it. So I could see, but one point I got was the category changing. So it's new, a little bit new to me. I mean, some people would like to try multiple categories or maybe they're, especially if they're new, they couldn't, I guess the ways maybe the brand is built, or I guess it's because it's really about, I guess, your target customer, really about the user, yeah. right? Is that reason why it's hard to change a category? Right. So I'll give you an example. I won't name the brand because, you know, she's a client as well, but they created, I could probably tell you the product actually, it was an insulin pen. So they created something with their logo and it worked perfectly for that particular product. And then she wanted to expand into tote bags and then lunch bags and other things. But that name and that brand sheet, well, that logo she'd created for that, that particular product worked work really well, but it doesn't when it goes across to bags or lunch boxes and other things but it was a very simple it's using the same materials you know and very similar things and it, it's the same target audience but 
the name just didn't work. So it was like, how do we change that? And I said, well, I obviously gave her options. This is what we can do. We can make it more of a nondescript name using the original, but ch not changing the logo too much. So your, your, your existing customers still know who you are. And it was tweaking certain things, but it's, it was really hard because she was hard to let, it was hard to let go of the existing things. So I said that you can do two things, keep it, and then you're not going to do much with it and you won't be able to expand and your customers will not get it. And if you try to target it, if you try to target new customers, they just won't get it. So that you have to let go. Sometimes you can re reshift what it currently is. And we, we did, we found a way of doing it. I, I found a way of doing it. Nice. There was two options. She could do it. But you know, my, my job is to problem solve. So if there's something you really don't want to let go of, I can find a way around that or try to sort of change it so there's minimal impact on the existing brand. So yeah, that's where we took it. So yeah, it, it's a lot of times the brands or brand owners want to do something and expand. It's like, well, if it's in the same category, it's, it's easier. But when you're trying to sort of do different products, it is harder. Mm, I, I get it. I get it. I, I don't want to throw a trick question, but it's, it got, you got me thinking and it's something I've asked. Can you change the brand on Amazon of a list current listing or even the whole brand? I wonder, I don't know. I... You can, well, it depends if your brand registered because yeah, most, you're... mostly we're brand. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I always do yeah. brand registry personally. I think most, most listeners are brand registered. Yeah. So you'll need to re-register a new brand if you're going to change the whole thing. Uh, with my client, she had already trademarked it as well. The logo yeah. and for all. Yeah, so it's like a bit tricky, but you know there are ways around trademarking as well. You trademark yeah. the name as opposed to the logo, the, the logo mark, then you can easily change. If you so, if you trademark just the name, you can change your logo, the design of it, the visual of it anytime because you trademark the name. But Amazon works in a particular way. But if you trademark the actual design, just the logo mark, it's hard to change. You've got that for life. But when you've just got the name, you can change the way that looks. Oh, anytime. I see. So you're, yeah, I usually do word marks personally. Most of the brands yeah. that I've registered and, and do are word marks. I guess maybe it's different then because if, if it's the logo that's changing, the words would stay the same, but I guess I wonder if the word that the word mark changed. Yeah. That so would, sometimes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes word mark might not have a little thing, you know, elements of a logo and that will have to be a, a lo you know, the actual logo mark as opposed to the word mark where the word mark, you, it's just the words that you're trademarking. It's not the actual visual. So you, you probably, you need two trademarks actually one for the logo mark and one for the word mark, then you sort of, you know, you're covered for both. Got it. <laughs> I usually don't do logo word. I don't usually do the art. I just do the word and then, but I've always wondered maybe in Amazon, if I change my word, my, or I even want to change the listing to another brand, could I change the actual word, the storefronts on the listing? I think maybe it's manually have to ask Amazon. I've never tried to do it personally. Yeah. I would probably ask Amazon, but I would probably say if you've really registered and brand registered a particular brand that you're going to have to do it all again, but obviously your company, you can still obviously list it for your company. So, but yeah, I would say, <laughs> yeah, that's a completely different area to me. <laughs> yeah. A little different, a little different. I know I just got off tangent there. 
so let's let's dive into what I thought you know would be fun to talk about is is the packaging and you know I have a little I've probably maybe listeners heard me say this before but I always remember when I was a kid with my father at the toy store getting some kind of video game and or whatever and he would always kind of give me some mark anti marketing because he's like these marketers they just make this fancy packaging you know and you're paying for the packaging like you you wanted i would want the, like the branded even food right like the cereal in the store oh. and the the, the 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 famous brand has a nice package and the, the but you know the generic brand or the not famous brand would have like kind of a little bit like not as good of a package and he's like you're paying for the packaging you're paying for the packaging the difference is the packaging and I remember getting lectured about that a lot, but I don't think it's, just, I, I, I don't fully agree. I think there's, you know, I've learned with manufacturing quality control procedures and others, but I still do think packaging does stand out. It does, you know, especially for gift items, which I, I try to focus on giftable. The, the, it's not them, it's for someone else. They want the package to look really nice. So maybe you could give us some tips and insights on, on your experiences with, with packaging design and preparation yeah so your dad is right <laughs> packaging <laughs> to a certain extent but it matters you you are paying for what the brand wants to get the brand wants to create a particular emotion for you and you, it wants you to buy them so it's like come here buy this you know we've got pretty bow or whatever it is and it's part of it but you have to remember it's, it's i'm talking to brand sellers it's function is the most important thing for whatever you're, you're, you're packaging. So function and protection. So you must protect the product. So if you've got a high, high purchase item, you want to package it in a way that it's nice. And also it's the feel as well. So there's a few things. So function is most important. Then you need to protect the product. Then it's about not wasting the materials that you're using and the types of materials you're using. And can you reuse it? Can you repurpose the packaging as well? Sometimes you actually don't even need packaging. I sometimes tell clients, you don't need it. <laughs> so they come, you come to me for packaging and I, t I turn them away, you don't need it. You just need this. And you know, I guess it's budget as well, but, but you do need to dress it up depending on what your particular product is. If it's a bag of rubble, you probably don't need to package it up so much. It's just a bag of rubble and you know what you're getting. Probably a, a decent logo on the front printed on the bag. That is it. But if you're buying something high end, like a mobile phone, you know, you want it to look presentable, having that experience when you open the box, you know, you, you can think of so many high end products, you know, luxury brands. Why do they give you the tissue paper, the ribbons, the nice, you know, nice embossed bags and, you know, it creates a feeling, it evokes that feeling in, in the person that's buying it. And if you're receiving a gift as well, it's the whole brand experience. And I, you know, I've talked about unboxing before with, you know, on a, a talk recently, and it's about, wow, you open it, you get that feeling. And it's, it's depending on what product you have, but yes, you are paying for the packaging, but you know, it's depending on your product. If it's a low end product, low budget kind of item, you just need to think about how it's gonna, how it's gonna work for the customer, your target audience. Are they gonna literally just open it and then throw it away? If it's a toothbrush, well, you're gonna put it straight into the bin, aren't you? So there's so much you can do, but at the end of the day, people do fall for packaging and, and they do buy brands. It's about the look and the feel of it as well. I do, I look at packaging and think, mm, and you look at the price, is it price led or is it, pack you know, the, what is it led, is it the brand? So there's, 
different types of shoppers and it really depends on your brand and yeah i would say your dad is right but also there's other things that brand owners need to sort of weigh up it's a whole as a whole strategy that internally as a business you need to think about what is it you actually want to sell what is it you want to give to the customer what is is it about saving pennies is it about you know making profit so then there are ways of doing it you can just have a beautiful brown carton box and a nice designed screen print logo or things that you can do and i've seen plenty of brands do that and it's like wow they just saved a shed loads of money just using the outer carton they created something about it about the brand and you know have you heard the brand who gives a crap toilet roll oh really they, they, toilet roll they, it's called who gives a crap but their whole <laughs> tone of voice and the personality they write they write the whole message around the box they have bamboo tissue paper they're individually wrapped with beautiful designs on each toilet roll but you but you can bulk buy them like 48 rolls in a box but it's just a it comes in a carton but it's got the branding around it and they just use that you know there's no other thing apart from obviously individually wrapped but it looks they look nice they've got a sticker on top and they're all individually designed as well but you know you know you're getting bamboo toilet paper and you're getting a, a you know, it's, I think it's the whole feeling and you think, oh, they tell you to change the box into a spaceship for your kids or they tell you it could be, uh, you know, something else and they're repurposing the box as well. So there are ways of doing things for brands, you know, when you're on a tight budget. So I like it. I can't, I can't really answer it. I think I've answered it, but no, you know, I, think you've a lot of, I think from, I think maybe the answer for my dad is he's the low end I don't want to offend my father, but he's on the budget range customer. So, you know, he would probably just want the marketing that says we have, you know, there's even some brands that say we're no frills, right? We don't waste money on packaging, like even put it in their brand. They say, if you, we, we pass the savings to our customers, that's why we have very basic packaging, no frills. It's for the kind of the, that the, I don't want to say it's always men, but like, you know, kind of like those, the bare essential for the men, right? We, we pass the savings to you. Like we don't spend a lot of money on this frivolous packaging and this other bit that you don't need. And you give you that. So it's almost part of the brand. Like maybe my dad would be the customer for the low price savings. You know, we, we, pa you know, so that's almost like a brand in itself. Right. But then some customers or consumers, they like all that frills and the, you know, the, the nice like bag, right. They go to this the high end luxury store. Like you said, that bag with the, the rope and the, the, the really shiny, shiny coat coated glossed outer bag with the clothes inside and the, and the perfume smell, like even Abercrombie and Fitch, I made me think of in Hong Kong, they closed. And when they closed, my friend says, yeah, I remember his Facebook post. He's like, good. I'm so happy they closed. It was like a chemical lab. If I lit a match, it might explode because there was so much perfume or cologne. It smelled down the road. I remember. So, but that's part of the brand, right? The, 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 that, that smell, the smell, the look. I can, the I can never, yeah, absolutely. And I can never shop there because obviously they changed, they've changed it. But when they first came out, I could not see a thing. I'd go in and I couldn't see anything because it was so dark. They had, you know, oh, they had the Korean fit. 
stores at, at some one point. I haven't been in a shop, one of their stores in a long time, but I remember going in a couple of times, and it's so dark, it's so dim. I just couldn't see see my way round, <laughs> and it was just horrible. The yeah. experience was, yeah, it was me anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, but, you know, that brand can destroy. Yeah their experience by just the lighting itself and like you said the perfume that would kill me too you know yeah that, it was you know, really that, how, how easy it's to turn away business and customers by just that one thing yeah well yeah of course we focus more on e-commerce but even e-commerce like another thought was you're talking about the mobile phone I, I i don't know i think you can actually ip your it's called trade dress packaging could be trademarked or registered as a strategic advantage over your competitors to block your competitors from doing that trade dress if you're big enough i believe and then i think the iphone maybe even has a trademark on the way the, the noise it makes when you open it like they strategically make it or it kind of pops when you pull yeah. the open the box it makes i don't know if it makes a noise yeah. or you can feel the air it's yeah. tight right and you're it kind of like it's part i think part of the brand or the design or the experience in that actual way they open the box of the first time yeah but yeah all of this is part of it and how about inserts inserts what's your thought about inserts or you know communicate um, with the customer yeah well for in, in the actual product packaging or just just for amazon or you know i mean i know summers i don't maybe we're I mean, of course, Amazon, I still do inserts, full disclosure. Some people are scared to do inserts because they're scared to get banned on Amazon. I think you get trouble with Amazon if you ask for reviews or especially five-star reviews. But I think there's no, I personally put warranty cards and VIP cards and like thank you cards, sometimes multiple I, in the package. And I think that's right. I mean, it, you know, with inserts definitely don't do the ask for the five-star reviews and you know you know that you that that's you know against the tos so yeah the things that you do is the warranty the guarantee and they're definitely incentive incentivizing them like a vip you know collect points or whatever it is or get something in return next time but not ask for reviews but you know it's trying to keep them as customers or repeat customers as well like you know you could have something we've got something coming up soon we've got a new product launching soon that could be something that you put in there and then they're like oh but you might need to give your email address away first you know to sign up for you know for the launch so there's a certain things you can sort of do I think <laughs> but yeah inserts there's no there's nothing wrong with inserts and sometimes it might be instructional in inserts you know go yeah. to the website to look at the video because you can't do it physically where do they go just go to the website have a look at this how how to use this product so yeah you, you definitely you know if the product warrants a, you know an insert then i would say yes do it great great and maybe we can squeeze you know getting close to time but maybe we talk about some cases you know i, I have some I'm, I'm you know i know i'm always nervous some people are nervous to talk about it but i talk about some of my brands publicly or if do you want to go through one or one of mine or, or how do you Absolutely. like to do it? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see, see, see some of your products. Yeah. So some people know about Excalibur brothers. You know, we talk about it a little bit on the show. So we, it's actually just, you know, it's audio and video. This show is of audio for many years before video podcasts were cool, but yeah. uh, so they might not be able to see it, but I'm showing it for those watching. And so this is Excalibur brothers. Actually, I have a really great partner, Luciano that helped a lot with the, the design. But uh, yeah. you can see it's got this, all of them have this sleeve 
So it slides yeah. off. And then it has this embossed logo on the box. Yeah. And then on the back, of course, some customer service info. And then in the box, this is a sample I've been carrying around with me. Oh, so it's a little beat up yeah. now. But inside we have a you know a little insert. It's like a letter. And then yeah. a little actually extra polishing cloth that we didn't mention just so that we give them a little extra. And then we have the, the set, which is a flask, yeah. men's flask with a genuine leather, the logo here, and then shot glasses and a funnel to refill it easily. And that's one of our core products. It's a great gift. People make it that way. But yeah, it was a lot of customization on this. It was really painful, actually. It's made in China. But yeah, this is... This is the design and, uh, you know, Luciano says it was made with a castle. The brown on the outside is the castle and the inside is the red carpet. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So, and then it has welcome to your kingdom is our slogan. I like and, it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if you want to give us some feedback so, or ideas or. Yeah. I think the presentation is good. And the other thing I think is, is would the person that receives it after, are they going to keep the box? Do, is it, you know, would they keep the I, box? And you, you made it so beautiful. And obviously I can see that you've got, it looks like it's got matte lamination on. Obviously you've got gold four o'clock on the inner, inner lid. And then is that velvet? Is that, that's just a... Oh, uh, no, it's a, pla it's a, it's a cardboard. It's a car yeah, cardboard inside, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is yeah. pretty expensive. It's like a foam to fit yeah. it in. But yeah, yeah. We, the significant cost is the packaging. Yeah. So the foam is expensive. There's other way, you know, if there's other ways you can use to package it, you can do, but it's nice, the presentation, because it's giftable and that looks like it's a giftable item that you would buy and to, to give something. So I wouldn't say you should sort of change anything to it because the sleeve's nice, because if you've got everything on the actual box or stickers, it doesn't it's not as appealing and you, some people might want to keep the box and put other things in. They'll take the insert out and put things mm. in. I always do like a nice box. Um, the actual, yeah. So it could be like, you might have a message underneath. They take that thing out, out the insert. So the inner tray and underneath it might have a little message. Mm. Keep me for keepsake or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you can put, other little trinket things, guys like to put things in there, you know, you might find it's great to hold other things. But yeah, I think presentation is, is good. You've got all the information on your actual sleeve. I can't actually see, what, I couldn't read what it was on the actual sleeve yeah, it, and stuff. But. This is the back, so it has, or I could read it, yeah. it basically says, need help, our, our Excel Brothers Royal Squires are standing by to serve you at your pleasure. They are on, honor bound at Ensuring your complete and utter satisfaction, our email, excelbrothers.com slash support, and then our logo and our domain. And then of course the year and, okay. you know, made in China. And then on the front has like a picture yeah. of it in. Okay. In so I have one thing I've noticed. Which one's your logo? Can you show me the actual logo? Uh, that that shield. one in the shield, in the crest in the shield. So on your front of that, 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 that sleeve you're holding. Yeah. And the. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. okay. that is the actual logo. Yeah. So on your sleeve, you've got a different logo on the front that says Escalibur Brothers. It's, it's, yeah, that's, and that's, yeah. So the, on the front, so yeah, I can see that on the front, turn around, <laughs> you can see, you have Escalibur Brothers at the top. That's not your yeah. logo. It's a cursive version. 
So what we do is just like another variation. So we actually put it on the bottom in cursive. Right, okay. And it was established 2003 as the website was started then. So we 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 have like a cursive version because we want to look like medieval and older. And so I would say, well, obviously we're here to discuss, you know, sure. so in my thoughts would be you've got the logo on this on your box that's gold foiled so the shield is on the left you've got excalibur rubs on the right on the back it's the shield on the top and then you've got the the, the excalibur rubs on the left so there's two variations already so you've got the primary logo secondary logo then you've got a third logo which is the cursive so yeah. you've got to think what is, what are people looking which logo is it you know i know you you want to create the two but i'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate, right? No, I appreciate and that. Look, there's no wrong or right answer, but as a brand branding person, I would say you can have a horizontal logo and a, and a, and a tall logo, so two logos. And then you've got this additional one, which is more decorative. And you can do that. It's not like you can't, I'm not saying, but it's it's just jars when you've got the, on the sleeve and you've got the thing, and it's like two different things. And it's like, which one is it? And as a customer, you might not be... You think, well, what's going, you know, I don't understand it. <laughs> you know, which mm -hmm. one is their logo? And you want the logo to stick in someone's mind. It's the shield that would stick in my mind. I would do yeah, my shield. shield and then I think, oh. Because that's why and if they actual, even on like the polishing cloth, yeah, we have the, the shield. shield. Yeah, so that, yeah. The so that, yeah. And then on the and actual, it, on the flask, it's the shield. Yeah, and I think on product inside it's actually okay on the underside and stuff. But I would try to whatever you do is try to keep to your original logo, the the, the primary or the secondary logo. Mm. Whereas the I don't, you know, it's, there's no wrong or right answer to it. But that's just me thinking. I mean, well, this is the sleeve has the it's almost like the logo twice. You see how it's like yeah. here it's and here. So for me, that would be a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> not not so right for me. <laughs> yeah, I, but it's not, it's not bad. I mean, th that's just me, my thoughts. So yeah, you could change it. You know, just change the sleeve at some point. But you know, I don't, people might not even notice. But maybe because it's me, I notice everything. So, but no, it's I mean, the it's the shit that will catch my attention, and I will remember that if I just saw the cursive on a, another product, not with the lo not with the other sort of the main logo, I'd think, oh, I'm not sure that looks like a a knockoff or a fake or something you know people might not know but you know if it's set in your brand guidelines this is what we do on everything as well the product will have that cursive text on a lot of the product they you know that your 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 loyal customers will get that and understand that and i'm not saying you shouldn't because you know other brands like abercrombie and fitch like we say that you know they have their slogans in like a collegiate kind of design they have like script writing you know so it's not saying it's wrong but when you've got two logos sitting next to each other you've got your main and then you've got on the sleeve i would say think about is it necessary or where could you put that makes sense <laughs> oh, i like it i like it thank you thank you i hope others i think you know that's why i wanted I guess I get a little free consultation help too, but I hope it also helps the viewers and listeners get some ideas too. I think, you know, I think maybe I'll summarize it. What you just said is sometimes us as the owner, brand owner, we overbrand because we want people to know our brand. But that's why if you notice on the physical product, we didn't put our low, we only put the shield because we know customers, we're not Nike or LV, you know, so we know customers probably don't want to show people like too much text or too much of our brand. We want to, 
but yeah, on the package, yeah. maybe did we go a little bit excessive? But you know, packaging is they might not keep, you know keep it. Of course, they hope they do because this is a you know considerable percent of the cost of the product. And, uh, yeah, and another point is that yeah, like you said, you know, it's getting the customer to recognize the logo. You're you know, obviously, your brand is still there's not Nike or or Reebok or whatever. You don't recognize the, the you know the actual, but it's important that your product does have your brand name on there and you have got that on the bottom of the flask so it's it's important that it is on there so they do know if someone if you're you know whoever's got the flask they're drinking from it or you know using it for, oh that's really nice and then it's just got the shield on what is that who is that and you know you do need to have your brand somewhere so you have got that on there so that's on the perfectly bottom, fine yeah. so that is I perfect plan that so yeah <laughs> yeah it was part of ours strategy was we didn't want to sh we wanted to show it of course but not like too what's the word you know too blatant too too obvious well, so i like what you've got on your product it's absolutely it's nice it's nice what you've got it and i like that yeah oh thanks kid all right yeah. so you know we're getting yeah this has been a fascinating conversation again thank you for your time you know i've learned a few different things and i'm sure listeners did too so for, you know, what's some, of course, there's mebranddesign.com. It's a really nice site. You can learn more about your services and, and reach out to you and your team. Do you want to share some more things that maybe people can get some help with or work with you on? Yeah, so I work with a full brand identity. So, but I work with, I do brand identity so I can create a whole identity. If you're starting from scratch, I can do that. And actually set out guide brand guidelines for you. So I think it's really important that a lot of brands have guidelines in terms of how they use the logo, what they use it for, and and the, and the tone of voice, the personality, the mission, what is your vision for the brand? So I dissect that for a for brand owners. I create logo designs. I can just do the brand guidelines if you don't have them and actually see what you haven't have and haven't got. And then packaging design, of course. So, you know, it really depends on what stage you are on your project, but I can problem solve if you're really stuck on that. And yes. finally, brand audit. So I do a brand design audit for your brand. So if you've got an existing brand, you're not sure where it's going or you want to expand or I'm not really sure, you know, I will look at you, everything in your brand, your product, your logo, your website, your Instagram, your whatever it wherever you're going to be seen i will have a look at how you and how you're talking to your customers so i would do a whole full brand audit for you as well so you know those are the main services i do with me brand great this has been fun kitty it's really nice to connect with you and and share with people tuning in today we'll link of course on our show notes and thanks again for coming on thank you it's been such a pleasure to talk to you mike great and thank you to our sponsor, our returning sponsor, Mercury.com Online Bank. Well, it's a real bank, but you can do it totally online for US. Our Blimp program participants are going through this as well. Thank you, Mercury. Travis is great there. He's been on our show. He's been in our events. We're going to have another event where we will have them attending as well. And if you want to get a little bonus for you and us, if you sign up and do some special circumstances you can go to globalformasia.com slash mercury i also have a video tutorial that we use even for the blimp people they use the same exact video to learn how to use it i hope you can check it out totally free why not see you there thank you for listening or watching this show thank you kitty for sharing so openly i learned a few new things and i hope you did too we're also going to be talking about now you know, I saw some of the packaging we're doing. We had to recall some items that got what I call as a kiss of death. Some items got a one star off the bat. I don't know. 
not even a review, a rating. Somebody, uh, you know, of course you think it must be a competitor, but you can never really know. So we pulled it out, we're repackaging, but realizing in the US we can't get as much nice options of packaging and stickers. So for Excalibur Brothers, what we have to do is just do this normal, boring FNSKU label. But we're trying to put some of our logo on it and see if our, our 3PL there can help us fix that. So he says it looks like it will work with our logo and naming on the sticker of the barcode just so it has as much branding as possible it's kind of my tip to you although you know kitty did say don't overdo it maybe it is a little bit overdone i still gotta to talk to luciano check out this show luciano but i you know i think the you know you know what i'm thinking about amazon we're going multiple channels now we're going into we just got open to walmart and the beautiful thing is you know our packaging our branding can be used on any channel it's not like an amazon specific brand and when you get this stuff going it's scalable you know it can scale everywhere so those are some other my little tips and experiences and some of the blood sweat and tears we're dealing with here on the ground as sellers ourselves and of course we got the cross-border summit coming up it's been really really fun we're trying to get more local top sellers in in thailand we have some coming from china of course from overseas around the world so we're working really hard on that so it's exciting but yeah i mean not putting big pressure we want quality people we're not we're not begging and we're getting great feedback great people signing up thank you for those you know I, some new people will be meeting also some podcasts coming also we're doing much more meetups here in chiang mai we're doing tuesday meetups now 2 to 4 p.m you can find out at events.globalfromasia.com and we're gonna start to have skill sharing and recording it might be coming some more podcasts here there's so many birds here <laughs> but anyway thanks again for watching and listening i'm trying to do this you know intro outro like outdoors a bit we gotta get outdoors we gotta breathe that fresh air and touch grass touch the grass all right have a great day everybody and there are some really amazing updates and changes happening here in the business i want to say it i like to say it but i cannot say it so stay tuned as always take care bye bye to get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.